Welcome to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond, Episode 9, I Am Not My Hair, with Ella Turin. There are like serious repercussions sometimes for the hairstyles that we wear. That's why I'm, I'm excited that there is the Crown Act that has been circulating around, has been passed in New Jersey, uh, New York and California and a number of other states. It was introduced into the federal legislature by Cory Booker. And hopefully it's sad that we need, we need a law, we need legislation to avoid being oppressed and discriminated against for our hair. But if it's necessary, if that's what it has to come to, then that's what it will come to. And hopefully by that being passed, there will be a day where it doesn't matter where you live in the United States, you are not going to be discriminated because of how you wear your hair. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Yoli Tamu. Now, one of my favorite songs by India Irie is I Am Not My Hair. With every lyric, she reminds us that we are the soul that lives within. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Delta Sigma Theta sorority member, Ella Turin. This Stony Brook University graduate brought this concept back to life for me when I saw her one-woman show titled Love, Locks, and Liberation. It was so refreshing to sit back and enjoy watching the journey many of us have taken with our hair. In spite of the stereotypes and unnecessary discrimination in the workplace regarding our hair, we continue to persevere. Now, for many Black women, our power and our regalness often starts with the way in which we wear our hair. Our self-esteem and our self-awareness is evident in the styles we choose. Today, as we continue our Soror Frat Week with amazing guests that are uplifting their communities, I am excited to introduce you to Delta Sigma Theta Soror of the Pasadena Alumni Chapter, Miss Ella Turin. Ella is a talented artist and entrepreneur currently in pursuit of her PhD in visual studies at UC Irvine. When she's not studying, she's traveling the country, performing one of her entertaining and thought-provoking one-woman shows. I recently got a chance to see her show titled Love, Locks, and Liberation. Wow, the recognizable hair journey that she took her audience on had me laughing out loud in remembrance of all the many phases we have taken our hair through. Welcome, Miss Ella. How you doing today? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. I'm so glad you could fit me in your busy schedule. How are you doing it? You're in school and you're doing your show, right? Yes. Well, fortunately, right now we're on summer break, so that's been good. I've had a chance to focus on some of my artistic pursuits and some other things, but yeah, it's been it's been wonderful. It's been great. That's great. It's a blessing to be busy. That's what I say. This is very true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we have you as our Delta representative, and this is a platform for college students, and a lot of them are college freshmen, and many are college graduates. So it's all about that transition from one atmosphere to another and all the emotional turmoil that comes with that. So, (laughs) you know, so, so for those students that are listening that are possibly considering sorority and fraternity lifestyles, do you recommend it during their undergrad or maybe it's something they should think about as a graduate? I think it's definitely a benefit when you're an undergrad. I know a lot of people will say that it's not something that you should do for a variety of reasons, but I think it's something that creates the kind of community and 
teaches you lessons that are invaluable for the rest of your life. And being a member of an organization, the Divine Nine, and in particular, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, this is a lifetime commitment that you make. And it's not just some college thing. It's not just something you do because you want to hang out with people. It's something that you do because you're looking for community. We do it because we're about public service. We're about uplifting uplifting the Black community. We are serious about social change. And this is the reason why our organization was founded. And the women who join our organization, those are the things that they're interested in. They want to be involved. They want to make change in the world. And that's why I think it's such a powerful experience. And in particular, when you're in college, because I think college is one of the most magical times of anybody's life. Folks who are privileged to go to college, Mm -hmm. this time can be life-changing. So Mm -hmm. to be able to form this kind of community where you, you have it for life from, you know, from the time that you join until your last days, I think is a blessing. Absolutely. And, and would you say that you were able to join because of the friends that you had prior to or the friends that you gained when you crossed? Well, actually, I didn't join until I, until I graduated. So I joined later in life. And when I was in undergrad, I was kind of a busybody involved in many things. So I didn't get the opportunity to join then. But I'm still very close. Like I, I still feel that that bond and sisterhood with sores who I went to college with, who are deltas. And now some of the deltas who I cross with, who are my line sisters, they're some of my best friends, my absolute best friends. Who are I know, like I just need to call them up if I need something. They just need to call me up if I need something. It's it's really a transformative experience. Um, and I, I'm, I'm grateful to have gone through it with the particular women that I went through it with. Yeah. It, it's good to hear that the sisterhood is what stands out more than anything. So that yeah. is excellent. Now, when I saw your one woman show and the love locks and liberation, <laughs> like I said, I was <laughs> laughing out loud. I was like, Oh, I remember <laughs> when I was getting my hair pressed, all the different <laughs> <laughs> moments were so hilarious to me. And then I thought it was great that you had went through locks and you cut them off and just that whole hair experience. What made you decide to come up with a one woman show all around hair? It was actually a journey in and of itself developing this show. It started with a poem that I wrote in college about my hair experience. And then later on, I entered this contest that HBO had. They had they did a documentary back um, in the mid two thousands called The Blacklist, and where they were profiling you know black people's experience in the U.S. And halfway through it, they they put out a call and said, "Okay, you know, if you have an experience that you want to share about being black in America." enter this contest and then we're going to pick a few people to highlight in the documentary. And I happened to be, I submitted something and it was about my hair and I was picked as one of the five people who was profiled. So then I was like, oh, well maybe there's a story there. And that's when I started to like piece together all of my experiences and realize how much of a hair obsession I really had all this time and didn't realize it. But I think I'm not the only I'm not the only, I'm not unique in that. Right. And that's why I thought the story would be powerful because I think black women, our relationship with our hair is very particular and special. Although everybody has 
things with their, their hair that they could talk about, whether you have straight hair and want curly hair, you want you have curly hair, you want straight hair. But Black women in particular, because of the texture of our hair, the different types of hair that we have, also how it's been co-opted and a- appropriated by mainstream culture, but it, it is also used to oppress us. I mean, we have such an interesting relationship with our hair. I knew that this would be something that other women would relate to. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious when you said nappy is the new N-word. (laughs) (laughs) What? Sometimes I say that line and I'm like, how did that come out of you? Like, I don't even remember when I wrote that, what I was thinking. I was like, I say that every time I say, I'm like, that is so clever. How did you come up with that? (laughs) Right. I was like, wow, it's the new N-word. Oh my Lord. I was like, because I love my nappy hair. So I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) <laughs> but it is also used to to like make fun and bully people. So it's got it's got like this dual thing of love hate with the with the at, with the black community that that is attached to it. Absolutely. Same as the N word. Some people love it. Some people hate it. It's very true. Very true. I just thought it was so funny. Now, when you mentioned Madam C J Walker and how you know not only was she that wonderful entrepreneur, but you know she really focused in on the self-awareness and the self-care of, of taking care of our hair, you right. know? And I love how you emphasized her value and her importance. So where are you at today after doing this show? How many years or how long has, has this show been up? I first put this show up in 2015 mm-hmm. for its first run. And then it got into some festivals and then really I got to take it to its, its, sort of like fullest experience when I entered it into the Hollywood Fringe Festival. I was a a diversity scholarship recipient, which I was really grateful for because it gave me some funding and also a mentor who was absolutely fabulous. And just to help me in the process, because it was the first time that I had fully produced my own show, like full, full out. And that was a learning experience in and of itself. It taught me a lot about myself and about making theater. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful to the to the Fringe because it's a platform in which many artists, independent artists, get to put their work out for the for the community and for people who love theater. Right. And then the last time that I just did it was at the White Fire Theater. They have geniusly figured out how to transition live theater to an to a digital setting. And I was it was great because I got to be in the theater doing my show live and it was live streamed to people who have not gotten to see the show yet. So I was really excited to be able to do that and oh. very thankful that White Fire has given solo artists that platform. They've been doing Solo Fest for a while, giving artists the platform, but to be able to transition to a digital format was just amazing. Oh, that's excellent, man. And that gives artists a lot of hope that we can live stream. You know, it's time yes. to adjust <laughs> and adapt. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. when I say, where are you now? I mean, in this, in this one woman show, you've gone through this mental transition of uh, really just, you know, putting it out there, expressing to everybody about your mental journey through your hair. So where are you now with your hair journey? How do you feel about yourself as it relates to your hair? Well, my hair is now just natural. I, I After I chopped my lock, my locks off, which was now five, five years ago or so, I've been natural all this time. And I kind of wanted to do that because 
when I when I first went natural, I was a sophomore in high school and I was still pressing my hair like throughout high school and throughout college. But at that time, there I felt like there were very limited ways that I knew of in to manage my hair and to keep my hair healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, it's not like it is now where you had all these products that are catering to African-American women. You didn't have as many Black-owned businesses that were catering to Black women. And you just knew like what was passed on to you from other women in your family, which a lot of that was good. But that I think nowadays with the advent of social media and like you, the the plethora of YouTube videos that you can look at to to figure out like how to tease out your hair and how to what to do on wash day and like all of these intricate ways that we have of now understanding the texture of our hair and how we should be taking care of it like that stuff didn't exist when I first went natural and so I really wanted to kind of try it again for myself and see what that would be like for me to really be intentional about my my hair and how it is in its natural state. So that's where I am now, but I'm very tempted and probably will go back to locks soon because I really miss them. I get what I call lock envy. Mm-hmm. Every time I see somebody with locks, I'm like, oh, I really miss mine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, I love I love having them. This yeah. is like my second set. I've had them twice. I had to cut them yeah. all off. I just, they're calling me. So very soon, I'm sure I'll go back to that. (laughs) Now, when we think about the workplace, because these college students that are listening, you know, our natural hair, like you said, is connected to our self-identity. So do you think these students should be concerned about expressing themselves in the workplace or they -hmm. should really, really consider that they may have to continue to press their hair or, or wear hair pieces? I mean, do you think this should be even, even be a thought? as they head out into the workplace still? Well, it shouldn't be a thought, but unfortunately there are places where students do have to consider this and just black people in general, you have students who, you know, there's that young man that had his locks cut off before his wrestling match. Yeah. Right in, right in front of the audience, in front of everybody's not only humiliating, but just degrading and inhumane as a practice as something to do to a young person. Mm -hmm. So you have the range from, of that to women who are journalists or in other sort of like public front facing professions who go natural or get their hair locked or, or do other things who then are ostracized and even fired, right? Like they, there are like serious repercussions sometimes for the hairstyles that we wear. That's why I'm, I'm excited that there is the Crown Act that has been circulating around, has been passed in New Jersey, uh, New York and California and a number of other states. It was introduced into the federal legislature by Cory Booker. And hopefully it's sad that we need, we need a law, we need legislation right. to... Yeah avoid being oppressed and discriminated against for our hair. But if it's necessary, if that's what it has to come to, then that's what it will come to. And Mm -hmm. hopefully by that being passed, there will be a day where it doesn't matter where you live in the United States, you are not going to be discriminated because of how you wear your hair. Yeah. And the way you look, it's ridiculous. Exactly. Exactly. So so now you're a student and you're pursuing your doctorate and visual studies. Now, you're uh, focused on the Black feminist movement and media culture. So 
Is there a connection with your hair, your identity? What made you decide this major or this well, research? Yeah. So visual studies is a lot of times people ask me like, what is that? They pause. They're like, what is it? But it is, is the combination of art, art history, architecture, architecture, television, film, media, all of that. And the, the study of its theory and methods. And my, for me in particular, as, as a filmmaker, as a media maker, as a visual artist, I focus on media and media studies. Mm-hmm. And in general, I'm always interested in Black feminist theory, and I'm always about uplifting Black women and telling their stories. Mm-hmm. And so it was a natural intersection for me to want to bring those things together and think about the ways in which Black women are making an impact in the media, what is their experience like in the media. And when I say media, I'm, I'm talking about film, television, journalism, like anything related to that. So I'm really interested in in how Black women intersect in all these spaces, what their representation is like, how they are resisting systemic oppression and creating their own content. That to me is the story that I want to be telling and uplifting because I think it's not exposed enough. So once you achieve this doctorate, you hope to contribute more shows or, or what is your goal once you achieve it? Yeah, I want to contribute more creative content. I want to provide analysis about how Black women move through these spaces. I want to, the work that Black women are doing in these spaces, I want to uplift it, highlight it, shout it out to the world, be able to write about it, to give them their credit and their due in spaces that are not as welcoming to the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you said in the festivals, you learned and through a mentor, you learned how to put up your own show. So will you be in a position to help others put on their own shows and build their own businesses? Yeah, I would, I would love to do that. I think that Black women actually are the fastest rising group of entrepreneurs in this country. Mm-hmm. And so we are natural entrepreneurs. We're natural rebels in a way where we're, we set trends and buck the system and resist all the, uh, all the oppression that comes out of it. And we build with each other. So to me, Black women are the cornerstone of a lot of things related to culture and history in this country. And I want my work to be reflective of that and to create spaces for more Black women to live into this truth. That's excellent. And then I, I also read that you were also addressing mass incarceration. So I'm thinking that'll be another time because we, we can, <laughs> wow, that's a whole nother topic. But I would love to talk to you more about that. So now before we leave, I wanted to talk to you about maybe some encouraging words for a young person out there that, like I said, you know, this is their new experience on a campus. Or, you know, for many of us, they're at home, but still, they're in a new space. Yes. And, and even for that college graduate in their mind, they're in a new headspace. So as we navigate through COVID-19 and racial injustice and, and just being true to ourselves, what are some encouraging words you can, you can leave our audience with? Encouraging words. This is, like I said earlier, to me, like my college experience was those were some of the best years of my life. And the the reason why I say that is because 
it gave me the space to become the best version of myself that I could be. The things that I didn't even know about myself that needed to sort of like bust out, college gave me the space to explore those things, to do trial and error on things I like. I think discovering what you don't like is just as important as discovering what you do like. And college is the space where you can just, you are really encouraged to be curious. Just be curious about yourself, about other people, about the world, about society, about culture, and be unapologetic about it. Like it's your job to be curious and learn. That's your whole job, (laughs) you know? So, Mm -hmm. and to, and to also like, Find the people who are going to be your allies and co-conspirators, some of these people for the rest of your life. Like my best friend is somebody who I met in college who is still my best friend to this day. And we talk about all sorts of things. We don't even live in the same city anymore, mm-hmm. but we're, we're still in connection. We support each other. Like these are the people you're going to become lifelong friends with. So I would just say it may be challenging. It will be challenging, right? Like you will be challenged. But this is also the purpose of college is to put you at what I call your growing edge, where it's like just the place where you just, you feel uncomfortable, you're stretching, you're like, what is this? You're in the right place then if you're feeling that. But because you will come out of the other side feeling so much more yourself, so much more secure in yourself, so much more confident in who you are and what you are going to contribute to the world. This is the place to find out what that is, or even begin to, because you may leave still having questions. That's okay. Um, So I would just encourage everybody to see it as that, see it as an opportunity to explore and really take advantage of every resource that your college or university has. There are a lot of things out there between your faculty and administrators and different offices it may be really scary to approach those offices and to talk to people who have PhDs or have other degrees, but they were all where you are at one point. And that means that they're interested in helping you get to where you need to be. So just go talk to them. Don't be Mm -hmm. afraid. Even if you don't know what to say, I, my, my one trick for, um, for being, having a great conversation starter with anybody is just to ask them about the work they do because that takes the pressure off you and they know what they're talking about. So you can start off by saying, I want to learn more about what your office does. I want to learn about, if it's a faculty member, I want to learn more about your research. If it's an administrator, can you tell me more about this policy or you know, you know, how you got to where you are? And that's a great way to just get the conversation started and get to know people. Excellent. That is so good. Now, I, I want them to come and visit your site and take a look at what you're doing. Do you have some some footage or some things they could see online? You know, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can go to my website, which is ellaturan.com, and you can find out more about what I do there. And I'm also on social media. Most of my handles on IG and uh, Twitter is Black Woman with a Y. Okay. And now you're also offering this one woman show at college campuses. So if they wanted to, yeah, if you, you want to bring school. me, if you want to bring me out to your campus, real or virtual, <laughs> now that right? I know how to do that, <laughs> feel free to reach out. I'm happy to do that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, this has been great, Ella. I'm so glad we 
we were able to get together and, and I really appreciate your time and just thank you for making our journey, you know, just entertaining and fun to talk about and, and to explore, you know, and thank reflect so on how, how beautiful we already are, you know? Oh, thank you. And thank you for the work that you're doing because we need these spaces to talk about what it's like and what we should expect so that we can really get the best out of the experience. Thank you so much. All right. Well, you have a great one and I'm going to be in touch with you again to talk about some other things. (laughs) Sounds great. I'm ready for it. (laughs) All right. You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. Now, Ella's reminder for you to embrace your growing edge and your natural hair edges at this stage of your life is valuable advice. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, for more information about other episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Remember to leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to book me at your next student event, visit our website at thebacktomeproject.com. Until next time, be well. Back to me.